Welcome to What's on the Block, a podcast hosted by X4 Technology, getting answers to the biggest questions on blockchain and the metaverse. The virtual world has a global community of innovators, and we are here to tell you what they're up to. My name is Maxine Ewing, and I'm here with Sam Tarani to talk about de-risking DeFi. Sam, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off for all the people who are pretty new to the space, how do you invest in DeFi? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, one of the biggest difficulties right now with getting, you know, retail investors, uh, the average person into DeFi is the complexity of it. Um, the, the, the first way that people typically get into it is through what's known as a centralized exchange. So this would be like your Coinbase, um, Crypto.com or wh- whatever it may be for, for your region. Um, and then you also need to have a decentralized wallet set up. Uh, such as if you're on Ethereum, it would be a MetaMask. If you're on Solana, there's a lot, but Phantom is, is my preferred one. You have to transfer the money into the decentralized wallet. Um, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's quite a hassle. Um, you know, I've tried explaining it to a lot of people around me, you know, my girlfriend and her dad, for example, and just taking them through that process it made me really realize that, like, if you don't actually have the knowledge, it, it can get very confusing um, very quickly. And especially with some of the actual DeFi um, applications and the DeFi yield opportunities that, that exist, getting into that um, is very difficult as well, which is one of the reasons why our ratio um, is being created. On that note, accessibility is a big issue. Another really important component is going to be risk and how people can weigh risk. So what are the biggest risks currently with DeFi investing? The, the biggest issue right now is that protocols tend to shy away from risk as well. Um, that they typically have internal risk metrics for their own team to be using to make their own decisions. Um, but this isn't typically relayed back to the public. You know, there's a lot of risks that range from actual the team itself, whether they are doxxed, as we like to call it, whether their their identities are public or whether they're not. Um, a lot of times, you know, some things can happen, such as a rug pull, quote unquote, which is basically when all the liquidity is removed from the protocol and the developers basically run off with the money. This risk is obviously higher when the team is unknown. Um, because there's no real consequences for them. It happens a bit less now, but it, it's still a, a big risk um, in itself. But within DeFi itself, um, there's also the risk depending on what action you're performing, right? So there's yield farming, for example, which has its own risk. There's lending, there's borrowing, there's staking. There's all these different terms that can get very confusing too for the average person. And the thing is, when we first started getting into this, uh, myself and my co-founder, Shimon, um, we thought that we actually had a pretty good grasp of it and we lost a lot of money because it turns out we had no idea what we were doing either, which is part of the reason why we developed ratio was to prevent what happened to us from happening to other people. And it's something that we've seen, seen time and time again, um, where people think that they know what they're doing or they don't even know what they're doing. And they just see like very attractive APRs, um, and they just decide to go for it. And then that typically has, um, some, some pretty bad consequences as we have to discover the, the hard way. It just very much depends on, on what action you're trying to take. Um, on ratio, what we're focused on is what's known as yield farming, which is basically providing liquidity for trades to occur. The actual process for getting this, what's known as an LP token, which is basically a representative share of the liquidity that you're providing, is also quite laborious, even though it's one of the most interesting ways to gain yield in DeFi. And it's one of the main ways that people have made a lot of money. Um, it also carries a lot of risk. And that's the real risk right there that, that we're focused on addressing because it's one of the most popular mechanisms in DeFi, but it's also one of the most misunderstood and the one that carries the most innate risks 
One thing that people will definitely be wondering um, is if this is something that they should be engaging in if they're not really involved in the DeFi space or if what you're creating is something for people who are active and knowledgeable about it. Exactly. So that's a great question. Um, it's interesting because initially we were focused on trying to get more retail investors into it. Then we kind of decided, okay, it might make more sense to focus on just people that are familiar with crypto first because you know there's a lot of teaching. But along the way, we discovered that the processes that we're implementing into Ratio would bode very well for bringing people on board. So, so one of the things that we're doing is making it easier to obtain an LP token, for example. As I mentioned before, an LP token is basically the token you get from providing liquidity to a pool, which in turn is what, what's gaining yield. This process is quite lengthy. There's like three or four steps that you need to take and it can get very confusing. Uh, so we've actually implemented some things into our protocol that will allow for that to be easier. But the main thing is that people don't understand the risks of these positions that they're taking. So what we've actually done is we've created a forward-facing risk metric that's similar to like a Moody's style rating. I'm not sure if you know people are familiar with, with Moody's, but they're basically like the risk agency for traditional finance where they issue a letter rating to certain bonds or other assets. What we've done is something very similar. We've assessed the risk, uh, both quantitative and qualitative, of every position that exists on our platform and in turn, given it a forward-facing ra uh, rating. A user can very easily go onto our platform and see, okay, this position has a AAA rating and it has this APR, this could be a very interesting investment opportunity for me. Or they can see this rate, this uh, investment opportunity has a D rating and the APR is really bad. It wouldn't make any sense for me to enter that position. So in this way, we're kind of cutting out a lot of the steps that are typically taken to understand what position you're taking and, and instead turn that power back over to the user to make the investment decision based on all the available information succinctly packaged into one rating. I wonder if part of the reason that some people aren't investing in DeFi is because of these potential risks or just a lack of knowledge about the risks. So, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like what you're creating could potentially, you know, allow more people to participate in DeFi. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and this isn't just a retail investor only thing. We've spoken with a lot of institutions, even major hedge funds, you know, billions of dollars in AUM um, assets under management that are also thinking the same question, like, how do we get into this? How do we justify to our investors that we should take this certain position? Everybody's telling us we need to get into DeFi, we need to make money, but they they don't really have the, the knowledge or, or at least the, the metrics to back the positions that they're willing to take. So this is something that's not just a retail only issue, it's also an institutional issue. And once the institutions get involved in DeFi, that's when it, DeFi will begin stabilizing too. Right now, DeFi is super volatile. It's interesting because it's correlated somehow to the traditional financial markets. You know, when the traditional financial markets do bad, crypto does really bad as well. But it's also when crypto does bad doesn't necessarily mean that the normal markets do bad, right? So there's a lot more downturn periods and a lot more aggressive downturn periods as well in crypto. And this is one of the metrics that we've also included in our risk analysis is how volatile is the asset actually, you know, because that, that's obviously something that's on everybody's mind is I, I could be investing right now, but then uh, the next day my money could be gone. I think I think this kind of takes me back to the ratio protocol itself and what it is and what it does. Basically, what we allow for in the first iteration of ratio is for users to take their stable tokens, their stable LP pairs, which inherently have very low volatility, deploy that into our protocol so they continue to gain yield on those assets, but then also mint our stable coin, which is known as USDR against that. So what that basically means is that the USDR is one to one with a dollar. So they can take out a loan against their position 
and take whatever other positions they may want to um, while their locked up collateral continues to gain yield. So it's almost like a self-paying loan, which is obviously you know very, very nice for the user uh, while still retaining their liquidity from that. Uh, one interesting thing that is different about us that you know everybody else has kind of ignored is that we're very focused, as I mentioned before, about the risk analysis and the of the actual collateral itself. So what this means is that we dynamically adjust what the collateral ratio is of the asset. Um, so this means basically that if the asset is less risky, you can mint more stable coins against that. So the loan to value ratio will be higher. And if the asset is more uh, more risky, then they can mint less against it. And this way is kind of like a way that users can um, get as much value out of their position as possible. I don't know how familiar people are that, that are listening to this with yield farming, but typically what happens is once you begin yield farming, your assets are locked up and that's it. You know, you, there's not there's not much else you can do with it. You're gaining the yield, but there's been a lot of times, you know, for us personally as well, where we're making a, you know, a good portion of, of money on a certain position. Um, everything's going great. We see another opportunity and the only way to enter that opportunity would be to sell our current position, which you don't want to do, which is why we allow for the minting of our stablecoin against that position so that you can still take that position you want to without having to give up your original position. Um, and you can really diversify how you uh, approach your, your capital. That is really interesting. And I can see that being incredibly valuable right now, especially considering everything and considering how hot of a topic this is. Um, I guess bringing things to a slightly larger perspective for a second, mm -hmm. what are some really big, exciting opportunities right now for investors in the DeFi space? Yeah, I think I think honestly, right now is is a great time to get involved. You know, typically, especially for me personally, I, I don't like to get involved in what's known as a bull run um, when the money is just going up and up and up. There's it's it's not really the, the best time to invest, uh, given that the market's stabilized a bit now and there's a, there's a downturn um, or there has been. It's it's recovering a bit now, which is nice. Typically, what I like to do is just look for the yield farming opportunities. The one thing that's nice about yield farming is well, both nice and bad is that yield farming inherently means that you're going long in a position, which is something that a lot of people aren't really um, fully grasping, which leads to a lot of you know monetary loss. But what you, what you can do is in a downturn market, if you start yield farming then, not only do you begin making the yield from that yield farm that's getting paid out, your asset is also appreciating. This is, this is kind of like the best opportunity. So I wouldn't even say a particular token or a particular protocol. I would just say, look at your preferred yield farming platform. If you don't know any, some of my favorites include Tulip, formerly known as Soul Farm, um, they offer a lot of leverage, which is really nice. Saber is really nice. Uh, Radium is the most popular one. It's one of the biggest ones. Um, they also are very close partners of Ratio. Uh, same thing with Orca. There, there's, a, there's a large variety, especially on Solana right now. And I think that it, it's definitely worth looking at right now. Um, one thing that I like to do is go on uh, you know, something like CoinGecko, for example, look at the actual token prices, uh, the individual token prices, see how they've been performing over the last couple of months. If it looks like they're pretty much at the bottom, that basically means that it, it will be a good time to open up a yield farm so that you can get that dual yield, so to speak, of both the yield of the asset itself, but also the appreciating value of that asset. So it's an impossible question, yes. admittedly, but how would you envision describing DeFi in three years from now when potentially people are going to know more and the space is going to be more active? I think this is this is a great question. You know, obviously at Ratio, we, we plan for the future. Um, and we we envision ourselves being that backbone of the future because we think that risk mitigation is the key 
Um, right now, DeFi is relatively lawless. It's kind of like the Wild West out there right now. It's, it almost feels like, you know, the gold rush where everybody's rushing in, panning for gold. There's so many different heads now. There's so many different ideas. There's so much going on, but there isn't a lot of regulation. There's not a lot of, uh, there's too much lack of quality. There's not enough quality in the industry, I would say, um, because it's so easy to get access to capital now. So I think that over time, especially as regulations become more set, um, we're going to see a lot more stability in the industry. I think that we'll see uh, a significant reduction in scams, rug pulls, all these kind of things that have plagued the industry for the last couple of years as the institutional money gets in, because institutions are a lot more me- uh, methodical with their investments and how they deploy their capital just because of you know how they're regulated and such. So I think it, it'll really begin stabilizing. Um, and I think that it, it'll be a good thing. You know, It's nice that there's not really any rules right now. Everybody's kind of doing stuff and but, but that's something that ratio has kind of been bringing to is we take a lot of traditional financial principles and we have a lot of financial engineers on our team to help implement these tried and tested um, models that have existed in the traditional financial world for years. Um, you know, we, we've spoken quite a bit to some other protocols and we asked them, like, how did you come to this conclusion? You know, because obviously we always want our things to be very backed by data, backed by statistics when we make a decision. And we ask other people and they say, yeah, you know, we, we kind of guessed. And that that is um, in and of itself quite concerning, and I think that's something that will begin to be phased out as it becomes more stable and as it attracts more brain power to the industry. So, for ratio, what's what's happening next? What should people look out for? We have a sale on Republic coming on uh, on the fifteenth, which is super exciting. Um, the reason why we decided to go with Republic is that we can actually offer to accredited U.S. investors um, the process that to get that sorted is, is quite quite a lengthy one. Um, a lot of legal paperwork, you know, as a lot of people may know, the US is quite difficult with regards to crypto projects. So it really took us a lot of energy and effort, but we thought it would be worth it because of where we see ourselves, um, which is kind of like at that intersection of, of DeFi and traditional finance um, and being able to be regulated in, in the US and, and, you know, have that precedent be set is something that's really beneficial for us. Um, so that sale will be going live on the 15th, um, open to both U.S. and non-U.S. investors. Uh, there's a Reg D, I believe, offering for the U.S. investors, accredited U.S. investors, and a Regulation S offering for not, uh, non-U.S. persons. Um, so that's super exciting. Our uh, main net will also be live in the coming weeks. Uh, we're aiming for about the start of March. So that'll be super exciting. We're currently on round two of our test net, working out all the kinks, you know, making sure that everything's working properly. Um, in the process of getting our security audit as well, because we want to make sure, of course, that the protocol is safe to use for everybody. Um, and, and yeah, just just generally plowing forward with a lot of interesting partnerships and just really looking forward to the general future of, of Ratio. That was Sam Tarani. Tune in next week to stay in the loop with What's on the Block.